Welcome to the Reader House Author Roundtable, where authors from all walks of life come together to discuss the trials, tribulations, and triumphs of publishing their books. I'm your host, Corey Graham. Join us here every Friday night at 8 p.m. or listen anytime via podcast at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and PodServe, to name just a few. The Author Roundtable is sponsored by Reader House Online Bookstore, where the independent new authors come first. Joining me now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable is author Doris Rudd Witcher. Doris, thank you so much for joining me here at the show tonight. Thank you so much for having me. It's my pleasure. I got to say congratulations to you for getting a book out in stores called Gertie. Yes. Doris, can you tell me what readers will find in Gertie? Readers, I hope and I pray that they will find inspiration, encouragement, and when they are discouraged, I want them to find hope that no matter what situation you find yourself in in life, there is a way to look up and trust God and see that if we just surrender to him, we will get to the other side. Mm-hmm. I noticed you said this is for children and adults with a childlike heart. So it sounds like a lot of people will be able to enjoy this. Yes. It's my prayer that people won't think that it's only for children. A lot of readers that I've passed the book out to as a test, they initially said, is it for kids? And they didn't think that they would be interested. And so I was happy to point out that there's a child in each one of us. And the things that a child goes through and understands or misunderstands, if they go through life not finding hope and not finding answers, they can grow up to be a lost adult. (laughs) Mm. And, you know, some of us are still lost. Some of us adults are lost because we never faced that child that was in us. So I wanted to design the reading to be easy enough for a child to understand but also for the adult to understand that with a childlike heart, you can be helped, you can feel loved, and you can find hope. Hmm. Doris, what was the inspiration for this book? What gave you the idea to sit down and start writing it and then publish it? Well, the inspiration came from just being curious about what type of flag would symbolize the District of Columbia, which is an estate. <laughs> And so then I moved from the flag to try to find out what was the state bird for the District of Columbia. And I said, well, District of Columbia is not a state, so they wouldn't have a state bird. But as I continued to research, I found out that there is an official bird for the District of Columbia called the wood thrush. And when I started reading about the wood thrush, I learned that the wood thrush sings its deepest and most melodious song during the night, in the darkest of the night. Hmm. And when I started thinking about the dark times in my life, I began to relate to Gertie, to the wood thrush, rather. And I started sharing that story. This was back in 2007 when I had this curiosity. And it turns out that a few people were very encouraged as they had been going through some dark periods. And they said, you should put this in writing. (laughs) So that's how it started. Hmm. They said about 2007, did it take you all that time to write it, then put it through that publishing process? No, I actually, well, yes. (laughs) (laughs) In 2007, I put it in writing and I read it 
to a book club, so to speak, at one of the community colleges. But when I started out, I used an eagle for the story, for the bird. And then, you know, it came to me, eagles don't sing. Then I changed it to the wood thrush, which is a bird. And over the years, I kept just modifying the story, making it a little more refined, so to speak. And during the COVID-19 pandemic in 2020, when we started isolating from the general public, so to speak, I pulled the story out again (laughs) and I said, I might as well make good use of this time. Mm. And I said, I've always dreamed of being a publisher. Why not start here? So 2020 is when it, you know, I started the publishing process. Mm. Well, this book truly has a beautiful message and I encourage my listeners to check it out. It's titled Gertie. It's written by Doris Rudd Witcher and is published by Covenant Books. You can find it anywhere, like at Amazon or Barnes & Noble or iTunes, and also at your local bookshops. Doris, I really had a great time talking with you here tonight. Thank you so much for telling me about this book and about your work. I hope we can talk again soon. It would be my absolute pleasure, and thank you so much again for having me. This is the second book in a three-cookbook series by Chef Hunter Lee. It's called Living Large in Louisiana, a Southern Social Cookbook. I'm really happy that Chef Hunter Lee is right here with me now, and we get to talk all about this book. Hunter, thank you for joining me here again at the show. It's great to be back with you. Man, it's great to be talking with you again, and another book of recipes, something else that's making my stomach growl. So, Hunter, what can readers expect this time around? (laughs) Well, to be honest, with the second book, it has a lot of what we didn't put in the first. It is Living Large in Louisiana. It's a Southern Social Cookbook. And the reason being, this has all of our cocktail party recipes, a lot of my catering recipes that we did for our weddings and things like that, your appetizers, your little social bites. This also has all of my marinades, my sauces and dips. It has some great Southern drink recipes. And it has some tips, tricks, and do's and don'ts for entertaining like a true Southerner. Mm -hmm. And Hunter, you're quite the respected chef, so I'm looking at this and I might be a little bit daunted thinking that maybe these might be too complex for somebody like me, so do you have to be a master chef to get these things right? Absolutely not. Just like my first cookbook, these are easy to read, Mm -hmm. they're easy to make, and for the most part, even with the changes in the world nowadays, all of these ingredients are pretty standard and easy to come by. I didn't want to make recipes or have recipes in the book that you would literally need me in your kitchen or another chef to cook. Mm. These are things that you can make yourself. These are things that I've made, some of them thousands and thousands of times. And of course, I, I mean, I do it without a recipe now. In fact, a lot of these, I actually had to make it so I could write it down because I didn't know the measurements. Mm. I just made it. These are things that anybody can do at home. You know, part of this is to be able to entertain and have guests over, socialize, and it not stress you out. Mm. It not be something that's so complicated that you spend two days in the kitchen trying to figure out my recipes or what you need to do. So there are a lot of cookbooks out there, a lot of Southern cookbooks, Louisiana cookbooks out there, Hunter. So I know this one is very different than all the rest. It is. It is considerably different. As with the first cookbook in my series, and actually probably more so in this one, it not only has the recipes, 
It also has the great South Louisiana and entertaining stories of how some of these recipes came to be, Mm. why I used them in my career, or why they were important enough to me to put in a book. Some of them were stories from my childhood, my years of catering, and of course, the outlandish parties and all the craziness that went with it. Along with the recipes, you also get kind of a backstory, a very Southern backstory on a lot of them. I love it. You know, Hunter, you were talking before about how this is the first time you've written and published, and now you're into this series of cookbooks. And a lot of people listening right now are authors who are just starting out, and they don't even have a book out yet, but they're looking to do that. What have you learned along the way that maybe you could pass on to aspiring authors? Follow your dreams. And the publishing process can sometimes seem like it takes longer than the actual writing of the book. I have been happy for the most part with my publishers, but it was a new experience, and I didn't know what to expect. And to be honest, I mean, this is the second in that series. I put both of these books out within 18 months. Wow. Now, that's not to say that they weren't in the planning stages for quite a bit longer than that. Mm. But actual typing them out and submitting to publisher to the point that they are actually on shelves and online to purchase. It was, we ran through two in 18 months. We did the first one. It was a learning experience. We kind of went with that with the second one. We kind of knew what to expect. And I was actually going to hold the second one off for about a year. And I said, you know what? No, let's do it. And I did it, got it done. And it came out about roughly about two or three weeks ago. Well, this is a book I know a lot of people are really going to be into. I encourage my listeners to check it out, definitely. It's called Living Large in Louisiana, a Southern Social Cookbook. It's written by Chef Hunter Lee and is published by Fulton Books. Grab it up everywhere like Amazon and Barnes & Noble and iTunes and Google Play and traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Well, Chef, thank you so much again for joining me here at the show. I love talking with you every time. I hope we get to do it again soon. Well, it was great to talk to you as well. Returning to the Reader House Author Roundtable with her third book in her series is author K.R. Snook. The book is called Rise with God. Karen, thank you so much for coming back and talking with me here tonight. Well, thanks again for having me. It's my pleasure. So the third book in the series has arrived, Rise with God. So what can readers expect here? Well, this book, I tried to target more of the empathic people in the world. Like, I think that that's a, that's a word that has not been used enough. And I believe there's so many people that are sensitive and overly in tune to the energy around them, and they don't understand why. So this is an introduction for any kind of any people that are oversensitive or empaths. I believe this would be an amazing book for them because it kind of gives you a look at why you're so sensitive or why you can receive like you can, your moods can change. And so it just gives, it, I believe it gives you some insight to your gift. And then also, you know, it gives you some ways to protect your energy and to be able to put it back into the world in even a better place, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Karen, how did the inspiration for this book come about? What made you notice that this is sort of an underserved area? I guess with the whole journey of these books, it's just unfolded slowly to me because that's kind of how I operate. I'm not one that gets (laughs) overwhelmed with thoughts too much. Mm. So it's kind of unfolded slowly, but I've met 
so many people. One of my favorite things to do is just sit and meet new people and get energy from them. And I, I find so many people go, I don't know why I get overwhelmed going to the grocery store, or I don't understand why, you know, this bothers me so much. And through that, I think just through other people, I'm like, there's a need for trying to understand why empaths are such important people in this world. But if they're not taught what this gift is about, then it can just be like it can literally cripple them. Mm. I believe that empaths have the ability to pick up energies in a room like they can if some people can walk in a room and they can just like instantly know they don't want to be there because mm. there can be some energy or something that doesn't feel right. And they can't really explain it. They're just like, oh, I don't really want to be here. And so I, I think that there, there's such a need for the people that are empaths in this world right now because we need the kind-hearted, the people that actually feel another person's energy. And so this, is a, a, this book introduces it and also gives you guides and ways to protect your energy so that you can be the best form of yourself. Mm. Karen, as we look around us, it seems that the world becomes more demanding, more confusing, and harsher in a lot of ways. So do you think that this is maybe helping that problem along and and making things worse when it comes to those of us who do feel deeper than others? I absolutely do. I think that it's more confusing to those. And part of my books, all of them, do target around one area. And it is a, it's kind of learning how to take care of your needs and your own, you know, set your boundaries. And so many of us people that are oversensitive, we don't want to disappoint. We overdo, we overgive. And so people need to know that they're not crazy. I think that if you don't know what's going on, then you feel like, oh, something doesn't feel right. But if you can start healing from the inside out, the world doesn't look so scary when you can completely heal. Like it's, it's learning to understand who you are and then you can handle the world a lot better. I know that sounds, it's, that's a lot to it, but it's really, it's not, it's, it's a simple concept of you have to go within to be able to handle everything out there. You mentioned the promoting of your books and getting it out there, letting people know how to get a hold of what you're doing. So When it comes to that part, do you have any advice for people who are trying to do that? They can't seem to get any traction when it comes to getting the book out there. Right. Um, I'm just now starting. I've got a couple of uh, things planned next year, but I would tell them to go into writers, like authors and writer sites. They they actually have a lot of conferences that you go and you just, there's so many genres of books and tons of authors. It's almost like a market. And so people come and they hear about your book. Mm. If I have more advice on my fourth book, I'll definitely share it. (laughs) That's an area I'm working on, too. Oh, well, we certainly appreciate your advice. So many people have been blessed by your series, and I know they're going to be blessed by this one as well, Karen. The title is Rise with God. Of course, it's book three in K.R. Snook's series, and it's published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can find it everywhere, of course, like Amazon and Barnes & Noble and iTunes, and also down the street at your local bookshop. Oh, Karen, as always, it's been a delight having you on the show and just hearing about what you're doing and what you're writing about and what's coming up next. And can't wait to talk with you again. Well, thank you so much for having me again. It's always a pleasure. The Choices We Make. It's the new book, Just Hit Stores, written by Nikki Cole. And Nikki is right here with me now at the Reader House Author Roundtable, and we get to talk all about it. Nikki, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me. Very happy to be here. It's my pleasure. So what can readers expect in the choices we make, Nikki? Well, it's a children's book. It's about differences 
accepting your differences. It's about crayons because I wanted people to see the differences between the colors mm. and the relationships between the crayons and really color doesn't matter, you know, just be friends with people. Mm. Nikki, what gave you the idea? What lit the spark for you to write this book and then have it published? Well, my cousins, my younger cousins, they were being bullied. Um, they had to be pulled from school because of it. Oh, wow. And I wanted the kids around their age Sometimes they're taught to love and sometimes they're taught to hate. So I wanted them to feel, you know, like, hey, it's not you, it's the people around you, and but you can still be accepted. And I wanted the readers who thought different to get a different perspective as well. Oh, that's fantastic. And when it comes to writing books and publishing, have you ever done this kind of thing before? No, this is my first book. I do write a lot, but this is my first published book. Congratulations. It's such a big deal to be actually published. A lot of people say they're going to do it someday, but then they never get around to it. And when you actually do, that is huge. So did this take you like forever to do? To publish, yes. I wrote the book and one day illustrated it the next. Hmm. It took me about four or five years to publish it because I had to find the right publisher I wanted to go to. A lot of people listening to us right now, Nikki, are people who are just starting out in the whole writing and publishing thing. So do you have any advice, anything you've learned along the way so far that you could offer to them? Yeah, keep on trying. Don't give up. Make sure you find the right person to publish your book. Keep on looking and always stay fresh. Start practicing. You can read other people's books. I don't typically read other people. I read some books, but I just get ideas every day. So. Now, after all the time and all the work that you put into something like this, that day finally comes, you get the first hard copy in, that first physical copy of your book. What was that moment like for you, Nikki? It was awesome just seeing my name written on there and seeing a physical book, you know, come together. It was very exciting for me. I'm like, oh, I show my mom <laughs> and then my aunties and then I show my coworkers. I'm like, look, look at my book. So it was very exciting for me. That's fantastic. Now, you said you write a lot, and now you're publishing, so I can imagine maybe you have thoughts of publishing more after this. Would I be right? I do. I do. I actually want to become a director as well. So oh, wow. I do, I'm writing, I normally don't write children's books, but I did this for my cousins. I'm normally more of a teen fiction or around that or adult fiction. Hmm. I like writing like that, but this one was inspired, so that's why I wrote this one for my first published book. Hmm. You've mentioned a lot of people who've inspired your writing, Nikki. Who else in your life inspires you or encourages you when it comes to how you live your life and how you write? My mom. My mom is my number one fan, and she just encourages me every day. She like she checks on me. She's like, hey, did you hear anything about the book yet? And she just <laughs> like, you know, just keeps on encouraging me, talking to me about that. So she's my biggest supporter. She's the love in my heart. I just love her so much. And my aunt, she's the second one. So both of them put together their prayers and everything like that just helped me, motivate me to get it actually published. Mm. Writing is something that is part of your life. What's the most rewarding thing to you about it, especially now that you're publishing what you're writing? Rewarding thing is having people see my writing, having people experience mm. that and learn from it, because this is a teaching book as well. So that's the most rewarding thing for me. I've been writing since I was eight. So I've been writing poetry, short stories, and now I have my first published book but just to see how people react, and hopefully it will change their minds as well. I know a lot of people are going to be helped and blessed by this book, and I encourage my listeners to check it out. The title is The Choices We Make. It's written by Nikki Cole, and it's published by Christian Faith Publishing. And of course, you can find it everywhere, like at Amazon and Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and traditional brick-and-mortar stores as well.
Well, Nikki, thank you again for your time here coming on the show and telling me about this wonderful book. I really enjoyed chatting with you. Thank you so much for having me, um, and I hope everyone picks it up, and it's so inspiring, and I thank you once again so much for having me. I'm really happy, I'm honored right now, to have with me here at the Reader House Author Roundtable, Michigan Senator Ken Horn. Ken, Senator, welcome to the show. Thank you for being here. Uh, Thanks, Corey. It's great to be with you. It's great to have you here. You got a new book out, and it's a touching one. It's called Letters to Heaven, the story of a grandfather's love, loss, and rediscovered faith. Ken, can you tell me what you've written about here? Yeah, as the subtitle suggests, the book is about love and loss and rediscovered faith. It's about the love story between me and my granddaughter. I started writing letters to her when she was just born. The day she was born, I wrote a letter to her. And and after she died, I, I kept writing letters. And those are the letters to heaven. And in the book takes you through our grief journey and, and ultimately our my faith journey. It's the story about recovery, and I hope that it's enough to help people when, you know, when they're able to read it. Mm. Well, what was that spark that was lit that made you want to sit down and get started on this book and then put it out there for the world? Well, I had these letters, and I, and I posted them on social media, and people were living on my grief in real time on, on Facebook. Mm. And when they responded to it, when they, they saw me at the grocery store, they messaged me or they called me, they told me how much it helped them in, in the losses that they had. And so after the year first, I got done writing the letters and I'd stop for a while and they said, you got to do something with those letters that you wrote. So I tried to write and I, every time I opened up the word program, I had to slam it back shut again because of the pain I felt. Mm. And then one day I was just laying in bed and I, I couldn't see her face anymore. And I couldn't hear her laugh and I couldn't see her smile. And I just couldn't let that happen. So I just I just immersed myself in her all the, the thousands of photos I took in the videos and you know, I reread the letters and once I started explaining the letters, the, the book, you know, kind of started taking shape. When it comes to writing and publishing, Senator, is this the first time you've done it or have you published before? No, this is the first time and and it's a book I actually that I prefer not to have had to write. Mm. But yeah, it's the first time I've ever done anything like this. Congratulations. What advice would you have to other people listening right now who have a story, they have things in their life to share with others, and they're thinking about writing a book? What advice would you have? Well, I'm not, you know, I'm so new at this. I'm not so sure I I have any sage advice for, Mm -hmm. you know, for new writers. But, you know, for me, it was just a matter of, of sitting down and getting started. You know, if it's worth anything at all, just, you know, know yourself. I write best. I function best in the morning. I, it's when I can concentrate the most. Whenever I, I wrote, I, it would be in the morning with a cup of coffee. And once I started writing, it w- I just wouldn't stop. It would just be an all-day thing. And so so once you get going, don't stop. And it's just about something that you know about or if it's something that you, know, that you feel passionate about, then just, you know, just start. And it'll come to you. Would you say then that the readers who would get the most from your book are those who are dealing with grief going through that process? Yeah, you know, and the thing is that, you know, everybody has a loss of some sort, and it's, sometimes it's not even a death mm-hmm. in the family, not somebody you know. You know, people lose their jobs, you know, they get divorced, they just lose something in their lives, their spirituality, or so there's some loss in their life. And, and so this is about regaining that, a big part of it. The letters, I did a presentation to the Stevens Ministry here in, in my hometown of Frankenmuth, mm. and there was about 200 people that attended. 
And I didn't realize until I was talking to them that one letter was a grief letter. One letter was a faith letter. They just showed up to me that, Mm. you know, the words were just in my head and I put them down. It didn't take me more than 10 minutes to write one of the letters. It took me a long time to explain them, (laughs) you know, in the book. But the letters themselves were just there and people were, you know, people responded to them. So I think that people that read them, they get out of it what they need to. And the book was written for three purposes. One was not to forget my little girl. Two was once the words were in my head, my head would explode if I didn't put it down on paper. So I just had to get it, get it off my, you know, chest out of my heart. But the, the big reason was to help other people. And as long as I can accomplish that purpose, then, I, then the book has done everything it needs to do. Well, I just know a lot of readers are going to be blessed by this book. I encourage those listening right now to give it a shot. The title is Letters to Heaven, the story of a grandfather's love, loss, and rediscovered faith. This is written by Ken Horn. It's published by Christian Faith Publishing. And of course, you can grab it up everywhere. Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and local bookshops, too. Well, Senator, thank you again for joining me here at the show and, and opening up about your story, telling me about this book. I think it's really fantastic. And thanks again for your time. Well, it was a great honor talking to you. And I hope readers they do pick up the book. And once again, if it helps them, then by golly, then it, the, the book's accomplished its purpose. Sitting down with me here right now at the Reader House Author Roundtable is author Regina Brady Redfeather. Regina, thank you so much for being here with me tonight. Hi, nice to be with you. Thank you for having me. It's great to have you here on the show. I just wanted to congratulate you. You have a new book in stores right now. It's called Myosotis, The Bible as an Aid to Character Building. Can you tell me what the book's all about, Regina? Well, the book is something awesome, is what it's about, and it is a age of character building, and it's through our our Lord's direction of things that He wants us to do on this earth and how to live. And I thought this would be appropriate to have a guide to show us. It's a basic instruction guide on how to live, and I think we really need that considering what's going on in the times right now. Regina, how did the idea to write this and publish this book come about? So the idea came about from my life, pretty much throughout my life story, but I was always searching for something to help me make it through our situations that we encounter through family and just the bumps and grinds to this life that we have, whether it be grief or drugs or different things. And I started searching in the Bible of um, ways we can help that. And I just started writing down different ways to build our characters, whether it be mental, spiritual, or physical. Mm. What types of readers, Regina, do you think would be the most into this book? So everybody, everybody, the human race, we we basically need something to help us to uh, be able to communicate with each other. And from all the verses that are compiled here, it is a character build, and we dearly need to build our characters in order to communicate with each other. And the Bible is, like I said, a great instruction book. So the readers that I'm looking for is everybody, but the ones that are really on my heart are the children. Mm. Because they're learning, and we need to teach them the correct way and things how to handle it and to get along, you know? Absolutely. When it comes to writing books and being published, Regina, is this your first time doing this? This is. This is my first time, first author, publishing. Congratulations. So did this take you, like, forever to do, to write and then get published? Well, it took 30 years, and it's taken two years to type it out and get it all ready for the publishing company, which is Christian Faith Publishing, Mm -hmm. and they're my publishing company. So it took two years, and it came out right after COVID. 
and it was being written during COVID. So it means a lot to me to share with people because they need hope and they need to be able to know where to go to get that hope and help. So Myosotis, it's, it's a Greek word and it means forget me not. And we shouldn't forget our Lord because he's not forgetting us. So he's giving us more inspiration to keep going. So Myosotis is a good book to pick up and read. You put so much into this book, Regina. So I can imagine, you know, that moment you got the first physical copy of it in. You got to hold this thing, look at it that you've been working on so long. What was that moment like for you? It's finally here. (laughs) (laughs) But before all that, I was thinking it's going to come in God's time, and it came in God's time, and that was my faith, and I stuck to it, and Mm. it made it through, and here it is, and it's here for the world to read, and I'm very awestruck by it because I know God's going to do awesome things with this book. Have you thought about maybe writing and publishing more after this? I truly have. My next book is about the Bradys, and it's about my great-great-grandfather, Sheriff William Brady. He was shot by Billy the Kid, so it's about the uh, Lincoln County Wars, and there's a lot of history there, and it also goes into my grandfather that raised me, which was Chief Redfeather from Knott's Bray Farm. So it's my life with him and my history with him and our family. So that's the next book. Wow, sounds fantastic. Now, I'm sure that you learned a lot along the way of publishing your first book, Regina. So what advice now could you offer to those aspiring authors listening right now? Just keep writing your little storyboards and your lines and keeping them all tucked away. And pretty soon, you know, you sit down and you're ready and you get a hold of a publishing company unless you can do it yourself. But like I said, I went through Christian Faith Publishing and they're outstanding, by the way. Mm. I think a lot of readers are going to be thankful for this book and find a lot of hope in it. It's titled Myosotis. The Bible as an Aid to Character Building. It's written by Regina Brady Redfeather. It's published by Christian Faith Publishing. You can find it everywhere, of course, like on Amazon, at Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Regina, thank you again for joining me here and telling me all about your story and about this wonderful book. I had a great time talking with you. Thank you so much. Angels all around. Book of Keys 2 written and referenced by a man returning to the child's faith. That's the name of the new book. It's out in stores right now, written by Zachary Zolkowski. I'm really happy that Zachary is talking with me right now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Zachary, thank you so much for joining me here tonight. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. Zachary, can you tell me all about what's in the Book of Keys 2? Well, it's a testimony about the power and mercy of Jesus Christ. The book contains theology, it has a little bit of eschatology, and it's really centered around the concept of human vengeance and how to give that up. Hmm. Zachary, what kinds of readers do you think would really be into this? Christians who are trying to fortify their faith and maybe uh, read another work by another Christian, just to kind of strengthen their faith and maybe even challenge it a little bit. Maybe people believe in a certain way, but they'd like to know what other people believe. And I think that it's really important that Christians have study materials available. So that's kind of my target reader, but also individuals who are kind of lost and looking for some source of hope. Mm. Maybe they have a little bit of vengeance in their life against other people, and maybe their life is just kind of spinning in a circle, and maybe they just want to find a pathway to a real source of hope. And this book is very much so for them as well. Mm. Zachary, I'm curious, how'd you get the idea to write this? What sparked you? Oh, it was shortly after I finished the first book and had it published. I had a little bit more I'd like to write down, and it just led to a whole series of thoughts. 
to be honest with you, when I wrote the first one, it was just completely random. But by the end of it, I really think that Jesus helped me write it and get it into a workable concept. And I just basically mimicked the concept of the first book into the second one, and it turned out really good. Hmm. It's really interesting to me you say the child's faith. What's the child's faith? Well, the child's faith is actually the answer to vengeance. It's kind of difficult to explain, but we as adults, we think totally differently than a child would think. Mm. But at the same time, Jesus is trying to lead us back into the simplicity of how a child thinks, to have that kind of faith. Because we, we as adults, everything we see, we're pushed and pulled around like the wind, and Jesus was trying to bring us back into the boat to have that peace and that calm in the storm. And when you get that first copy in, that physical copy in, after all that time, Zachary, what's that moment like when you finally get to hold this thing you created? Oh, it's it's absolutely amazing. It's just, it's an overwhelming experience that you were able to get something together. I had a fantastic editing crew with Christian Faith Publishing. Mm. They're really easy to work with. And just holding that book for the first time, it's an amazing experience. Mm. Have you thought about maybe writing more and publishing more after this? Absolutely. I have a couple chapters done in the third book of the series, and maybe after the third book, I might switch it up. I got a few more book ideas, but I'm definitely interested in continuing writing. So, you know, going through the writing and publishing of books, you learn an awful lot along that journey, Zachary. I'm sure you know that as well as anybody. Do you have any advice now that you could offer to those listening who are just starting out in this whole thing? Absolutely. Don't give up. That's the worst Mm. thing you could do. Pray fervently for help and insight in what you're trying to do and put your heart, soul, might, and mind into your book. The only thing I would say is don't try to be perfect. Let God be perfect because if you go down the road of perfection, it just it eats you up. But if you put your heart, soul, might, and mind into a book, writing it out, putting it all together, you're going to do very well. Zachary, do you ever get something like writer's block? And then how do you get through a roadblock like that? Yeah, definitely, definitely get writer's block. But what what I find for myself with writing books is sometimes I just needed some time off of writing and just kind of within the Christian life, there's a lot of meditating, a lot of thinking, a lot of question asking, a lot of looking for insight within other Christians. And maybe even the world would give you some insight because the Bible is about good and evil. It's a lot of everything coming together at the right time. Mm. Well, this book is surely going to encourage and inspire a lot of people. It's titled Book of Keys 2, written and referenced by a man returning to the child's faith. It's written by Zachary Zolkowski and is published by Christian Faith Publishing. And of course, you can get it everywhere, like at Amazon and Barnes & Noble and iTunes and traditional brick-and-mortar stores as well. Well, Zachary, thanks again for coming on the show here and, and telling me about your work. I had a really great time talking. Yep, thank you very much. To God be the glory. Lord knows that little bird friend of mine. It's the new book. It's in stores now, written by Mark Ira Krausman. And Mark is right here with me now at the Reader House Author Roundtable, and we get to talk all about it. Mark, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. Thank you, Corey, for having me today. It's my pleasure. Mark, what can readers expect when they crack open Lord Knows That Little Bird Friend of Mine? You know, Corey, that's a good question. And what you get out of it is in life, you know, you really can't do anything alone. Hmm. Of course, we all have a friend, we all have a neighbor, and 
this book is written in that direction. Mark, what kinds of readers did you have in mind when you were writing this? No, the exciting part about writing is that for me personally, as I speak about, of course, lessons that are learned. I'm 63 years old, but I really, truly write, I find, not intentionally, but of course, with your publisher, there's an age bracket. And I think this one goes from like from five to 12 or 13 years of age, 14. But really, it's, it's good for anyone. All these lessons are here. Mm. As the story unfolds, like many stories, Corey, what proceeds on that page, I try to find and look and been very successful in using scripture that supports what I write. Mm. Mark, can you tell me about the inspiration behind this? What gave you the idea to write it and publish this? This has been in the making for 52 years. I remember back in 1969, you know, that's back when you put your hand over your heart and everybody stood up and said, Pledge of Allegiance, you know. Mm. And it was spring of 1969. My language arts teacher gave the class an assignment, of course. But I was with the class asked to go home and write a short story. And I did, and I handed it back in. Two days later, uh, the teacher had handed all these papers out and said, who didn't get a paper back? And, of course, I rose my hand, and she said, Mark, would you come up here, please? She says, Mark, is this your paper? And I said, yeah, come back behind here. And so I went behind the desk and she wrote an A on the paper. And she whispered very softly. And I remember she said, Mark, do you think you would like to be a writer when you grow up? And of course, you know, you say, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that has carried me all this time. Mm. And now I have arrived, I think. And I'm very, very blessed to be here. And on this book, Lord knows I was a bird friend of mine. My mother saved everything. And through my mom and dad, I was able to go out into my garage. And there it was in pristine condition. And it's in this book in the back for, you know, all the mothers in the world who save things for other children. And, you know, let's not forget about, you know, those devoted dads out there. So outside of the story, which I had written, in the back is a gift from me from my mother who saved everything. And that's the story I had written in 1969. Wow. Mark, what was that day like when it finally came in? You finally got the first hard copy of this book, and you got to hold this thing you've been working on, and it is really your life's work. (laughs) Well, that's another story in itself. The box comes to your doorstep, and it's from your publisher. And I owned it up, and it was from a woman in Alaska who wrote a beautiful story. My books got mixed up with hers. Oh, no. And uh, eventually, (laughs) but it was such a beautiful story. But there's people like myself out there. And I eventually had gotten mine. And, of course, you know, it is a dream come true because you have worked so hard. You know, you Mm. search your heart with all you have. And uh, when it finally comes to light, it's just the most wonderful feeling. So many readers are going to be blessed by this book. I encourage my listeners to check it out. The title is Lord Knows, That Little Bird Friend of Mine. It's written by Mark Ira Krausman, and it's published by Covenant Books. You can get it everywhere, of course, like on Amazon or Barnes & Noble or iTunes, and also at traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Mark, thank you again for joining me here at the show and telling me your story, telling me about your book and everything you've got coming up. I really enjoyed our time tonight. You know, I thank you so much. I'm very blessed to be sitting here with you today. And I do hope that I am an inspiration, and I do hope that, you know, what I believe, I believe is good works. And I ask for many 
to go out and see what I do because it does come from the heart within. And I thank you very much for having me today. Focus. It's the name of the new book. It just hit stores. It's written by Tammy Miller. And Tammy is right here with me now at the Reader House Author Roundtable, and we're going to talk all about it. Tammy, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. I appreciate you having me. Well, it's great to have you here. Can you tell me what readers are in store for with Focus? Right. So it's a faith-based Christian book. It's about a couple of teenage girls that go through life playing basketball. They're huge sports fans, especially love their basketball. And some tragedy strikes the team when they're young, and they are faced with some struggles and some things that we go through, many of us in our lives. And because of that, their faith is tested, and they learn to turn to a couple of the stories in the scriptures. And it takes them on a journey to help them find their faith, to learn to navigate some of life's biggest challenges that we all have right now. So it kind of lets the readers know some of the stories in the scriptures that are my favorite ones, but it takes those stories and puts them in real life situations so that they can learn to be strong and to have strength and to learn through grace how to navigate some of the stuff that we deal with. Hmm. Tammy, who were you writing for? Well, I'm writing primarily for young adults, but it goes all the way up to adults, teenagers, preteens. I've had adults all the way down to, you know, 10 and 12 year olds reading the book right now and have had great response. So, yeah. So you got to tell me, where did the idea for this story come from? What sparked this? So years ago, I've got four kids, my husband and I, and we have always been a very sports-minded household. All of our kids played basketball and my husband coached. And early on when they were younger, you would always worry about things like, what if so-and-so broke their leg or we're heading into the state championship. I hope they don't, you know, have the flu or this doesn't happen. You know, all of these scenarios pop in your mind as a mom, just <laughs> hoping that things don't derail you while you're on your way to this goal. And I just have this huge imagination. So I would always be thinking of all these scenarios. Well, what would we do if this happened? And what could we happen? You know, what would I say? How would I direct my kids to know that they're beyond sports and they're, it's who they are, not as much of what they do that matters. And so it kind of came to life, just different scenarios that happened when they were younger. And then the story just slowly developed and developed. And it kind of just went on the back burner. And I kept telling my kids and my husband, oh, my gosh, I've got this great idea. Like one day when I you know, get to be a grown up, I'm going to write a book. Mm. And so we all the kids graduated. We're, you know, empty nesters. And my husband has known that I've just had this in the back of my mind. And he sat me down and said, let's just put it down on paper so that one day even your kids or your grandkids have a chance to read it. And he'd never really read it. He kind of just heard about it. So I wrote it down on paper, got it out on my little computer, and we we're on the road headed out to the beach. And he said, well, let me read this. And so over the next week or so, he read it and was just blown away. He's like, this story just needs to be out there. This is like a really cool way to read the scriptures through some of the stories. In particular, this is the story about Peter and how he's asked to walk on water and about how when life struggles and waves and everything like that out pops up, he loses his focus on what's really important. And so it kind of goes through that lesson in the book 
anyway, so he talked me into publishing it. So I published it and it just kind of rolled from there. So, Tammy, this is your first book. Did it take you a long time to write and put through the publishing process? Once I actually sat down and did the publishing process, it was about a year, about a year ago right now to get to this point. I think there was a lot of things that we will do differently next time. I do have another book that I finished that I'm ready to send in the publisher right now. And I think there's a lot of things I know beforehand now where there was just a lot of questions, but it went pretty smooth. It really did. I know a lot of readers are going to be touched and inspired by this book and not to check it out. The title is Focus. It's written by Tammy Miller, and it's published by Covenant Books. You can pick it up everywhere, of course, like at Amazon and Barnes & Noble, iTunes, and traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Tammy, thank you so much again here for joining me tonight. I had a wonderful time chatting with you. I appreciate it, Corey. Thank you so much. The Adventures of Lucy Liu, Poor Max, The Light Sword Rescue. That's the new book. It's out right now, written by Sally and Sam Rogers. I'm really happy that Sally is right here with me now, and we're going to talk all about the book. Sally, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for letting me come to your podcast. It's my pleasure to have you here. So, Sally, can you tell me all about the book, The Adventures of Lucy Liu? Oh, well, I'm so excited about this book because I know it's going to help a lot of adults and kids. The reason I wrote this book is this book is all about the grief process. Mm. I'm a teacher, and about three years ago, I had a student who lost his mom tragically, and he went through all the different grief processes, and I saw that there was nothing for him out there. So I wrote a book that deals with all the emotional problems going on with the grief process and that it is okay to go through that. So I think it's vital for someone to read the book because they could see the grief process happening in the story as it's being told out. And then, of course, there is a very happy ending, Mm -hmm. unpredictable at the end. I think it's fantastic that you're speaking about grief both to children and to adults here. So this is one that both can enjoy. Yes, yes. Adults can do it, too, because we all, whether you're a child or an adult, we all go through the grief process. All the different stages, you don't think you might, but you do. You go through that emotional phase. You go through the denial, the sadness, the anger, you know. Mm -hmm. But then hopefully at the end, things will turn around and you will be happy again and know that everything is okay. Sally, is this a book that took a long time to write and put through the publishing process? Yes, yes, because I had to think about it for a long time. I wanted to know what to do and how to do it in the right way. I wanted to tug at the heartstrings and still give the comfort and spirit to the families that they, you know, they share a story of loss, but also encouragement at the end. I want them to know that there is a hope out there. Even though you have lost a beloved friend, family member, or pet, that, you know, it's okay to go through that process. But you find a rainbow at the end. There'll be a beautiful sunrise come up, and there'll be people there for you, helping you along the way. Sally, what does your writing background look like? Have you ever done anything like this before? I have done one other book. It's called The Adventures of Lucy Liu, The Big Job. Hmm. And it's about my husband and myself. And he actually uses Lucy as a puppy to ask me to marry him. And so she goes through all the different stages of that. We love to go to schools. 
because I am a teacher. I love to go to schools all over California, wherever, and we love to read the kids to tell them how important it is to be a good reader and writer. And these days, it's so important to become a writer in whatever you do, especially for technology. Kids need to know how to write. Mm, absolutely. I'm getting the sense that Lucy Lou might be becoming a series. Is that a thing? Oh, yes. And it's a true story, poor Mac. Poor Mac deals with him losing Lucy. It is our very first Lucy Lou, and she did pass away in the arms of my uh, husband. But, yes, so Max did go through all those processes, and we saw it happening. So when we saw that, we thought, we got to turn this into a book that can help others through that grief process. What's it like when you finally get the first physical copy of your book in after all that time and energy you put into it? It is so exciting. I just want to shout to the world, hey, world, I have this book, and it's awesome, (laughs) and please take it and read it and enjoy it. I know it's going to hit somebody somewhere. I mean, I talk to everybody about the book, and they're like, oh, my, I just had a friend who lost someone, or my friend's son just lost a pet. And like I say, I'm a teacher, and a parent of mine just was telling me, you know, my student just lost their dog. And I'm like, well, I happen to have a book that could help. And so, you know, I just want to help. That's my main goal in life is to help someone. Well, I know that grown-ups and kids alike are really going to enjoy this book and this whole series. They should check it out. The title is The Adventures of Lucy Liu, Poor Max, The Light Sword Rescue. This is written by Sally and Sam Rogers, and it's published by Christian Faith Publishing. Of course, you can find it everywhere, like at Amazon or at Barnes & Noble or iTunes or also traditional brick-and-mortar stores. Well, Sally, it's been wonderful chatting with you here tonight. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, and God bless you, and have a great day. We hope you enjoyed this edition of the Reader House Author Roundtable, where authors from all walks of life come together to discuss the trials, tribulations, and triumphs of publishing their books. We hope to see you back here every Friday night at 8 p.m., or listen anytime via podcast at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and PodServe, to name just a few. The Author Roundtable is sponsored by Reader House Online Bookstore, where independent new authors come first.